עם ישראל הם מאמינים, בני מאמינים. I believe with complete faith that the Creator, blessed be His name, is omnipresent and ever guiding. I believe with complete faith that Hashem is one. Today we're going to talk about another one of the Karbanais in Parshas Tzav that it mentions, and it is the Karban Taida, a very beautiful Karban, a thank you Karban. And one interesting thing connecting to Mashiach, because that's one of the themes of the month of Nisan, when Mashiach will come, Karbanas will continue. However, individual Karbanas will no longer be. There won't be a Karban Chatos for a person who did something wrong, or a Asham, or a Ayla, or any of those kinds of Karbanas. However, one interesting Karban will remain. And that is the Karban Taida. A thank you Karban. And that is a beautiful thing, because even when Mashiach will come, we are always going to be grateful of anything and everything that has happened. Therefore, we can take a lesson from this. One of the important ways of getting ready for Mashiach is by getting into the habit of being thankful and grateful for everything that we have in our lives. Sometimes we look around and you could say, Oy vey, what's going on? I'm stuck at home, I can't go out, and we don't have this and we don't have that. Or we aren't able to do this and we aren't able to do that. Maybe, but you can also look at it differently. Baruch Hashem, I have a home to be stuck in. Baruch Hashem, I'm with my family who I love. And I'm with my siblings. And we are healthy. And we have food. And we're able to order stuff on Amazon. And they'll deliver it to our door. We're able to do this and that. Wow. When you think about it that way, you are closer and closer to Mashiach. And by recognizing all of the good gifts that Hashem has given us, that is one of the ways to bring our world ready for Mashiach. So let's have a day of gratitude, of gratefulness, and of course, Geula. Good day, Talmidim. Today we are going to learn about the Dalid Koisis, the four cups that we drink by the Seder. During the Seder, we drink four cups of wine. Obvious question, why do we drink four cups of wine? So the answer to that is each of the four cups of wine have something that they represent. Cup number one is for Kiddush. Just like we make Kiddush on Shabbos and Yantif, we make Kiddush on the eve of Pesach. The second cup is for the Haggadah. And we drink the second cup after we read the Haggadah. The third cup is for benching. This cup we also drink on Shabbos and Yantif. The fourth cup is connected to Hallel. After we bench, we say Hallel. We praise Hashem while we ask Him for Mashiach. That's reason number one. The simple, basic reason. Cup number one is for Kiddush. Cup number two is for the Haggadah. Cup number three is for benching. Cup number four is after we say Hallel. That's reason, explanation number one. Explanation number two. We have four imahis, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. Each one of the four cups represent one of the Dalid imahis, one of the four mothers. That's reason number two. Reason number three. This is according to the Barbanel. 
one of the big Talmidei Chachamim, he explained that there are four main times for the Eden, that four special things happened. Number one, Hashem chose us when He chose Avraham Avinu. That's point special time number one. Special time number two is when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Special time number three is the fact that each and every one of us are still in Gullus, but we're holding strong. And special time number four, you guessed it, the time of Mashiach, which I believe we are right here, ready to accept the time of Mashiach. So according to the third explanation why we have four cups, the four cups represent a special thing that happened to the Yidin. Hashem chose Avram to be our father. Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Hashem is helping us exist in this Galus. And we are now standing in the times of Mashiach. And now the fourth reason, which is probably the main reason, in addition to the first one, and that is because when Hashem told Maisha Rabbeinu to take the Yidin out of Galus, He used four languages. Hashem told Maisha, Lachain Emar Levnei Yisrael, you should tell the Yidin, therefore you shall tell the Yidin, Ani Hashem. I am Hashem. Here comes the first language. And I will take you out. I, Hashem, will take you, the Yidin, out. From the forced labor, forced hardships that you are having in Mitzrayim. So the first language is I will take you out. And I will save you. From their work, from the work that the Egyptians are forcing on the Eden. The third language is Vigoalti Eschem. I will redeem you, which is, which means. Hashem will redeem the Yidden Bizraya Natuya with an outstretched arm, Uvishpatim Gedalim, and with great acts of judgments towards the Egyptians. And the fourth and the fourth language is Vilakakti Eschem Lilaam Vilakakti, and I Hashem will take you, the Yidden, to me as a nation, and I will be a Hashem for you. So to review the first, there, there are four languages. And by the way, these four languages, if you look in your Haggadah that I posted in the Google Classroom, you could see it in page five. And I will take you out of Mitzrayim. And I will save you. And I will redeem you. And I will take, and I will take you as a nation for me. Now, the Torah says one more language. That language is Vehevesi. Arts. Vehevesi. And I will bring you to the land of 
Eretz Yisrael. And that refers to when Hashem will bring the Yidin to Eretz Yisrael and take us out of Galus. And that is why we have the fifth cup, which is called the Kais Shel Eliyahu. So what's the obvious question? That's right. You guessed it. So if there's a fifth language, why don't we drink a fifth cup? So the answer is, again, you guessed it. The fifth cup is for the Mashiach times, and that's why the Rebbe, our Nasi, would, during the meal, drink a fifth cup of wine. Okay, moving on. We know that before we do a mitzvah, we make a bracha. So the obvious question is, why when we drink the four cups of wine, do we not make a bracha? Before. When we put on tefillin, we make a bracha. When we light Shabbos candles, we make a bracha. When we put on our tzitzis, we make a bracha. Why don't we make a bracha before we begin the mitzvah of drinking the four cups of wine? Blessed are you, Hashem, for drinking the four cups. So there's several points. Point number one is we don't drink all the four cups together. And because we're not making, we're not finishing all the four cups together, Therefore, we do not make a bracha because we only make a bracha on something that we are finishing. The next point is that when people drink wine, people usually get a little bit uh, drowsy and they get tired and they, get a, they drink another cup of wine and another cup of wine. And then they might forget that there's a fourth cup of wine. And then they won't drink the fourth cup of wine. And then they will have made a bracha, levatala, a bracha for no purpose. Therefore, it's important, not it's important, therefore we do not make a bracha. Moving on. The color of the wine that we use for the seder should be red. And there's four explanations for this. Number one, it reminds us of the blood of the carbon Pesach. Number two, it reminds us of the blood of those people that needed a bris milah before they brought the carbon Pesach. And in the zechus of those two mitzvahs, the zechus of carbon Pesach, the merit of the carbon Pesach, and the merit of Brismila, the Yidin were freed from its rhyme. You see, at the time of the Geula, when the Bnei Yisrael were supposed to leave Mitzrayim, they were missing Zechusim. They didn't have enough merits 
What did Hashem do to give them those merits? He gave them two more mitzvahs. The mitzvah of Karpim Pesach and the mitzvah of Brismila. And then when they f- fulfilled those mitzvahs, they became worthy of being redeemed. There are two more reasons why the wine is red. Number three, the blood that Bnei Yisrael smeared on their doorposts, which Hashem passed over. And the fourth reason is to remember the blood of, of, the, of the sad situation where Parai would bathe himself in the blood of the Yiddish children. So those are the four reasons why we use red wine. Emir Hashem, tomorrow we will begin the steps of the Seder. For today's Psokim, we will be learning Parak Yod, Pasuk Chaf Dalid, and Chaf Hei. So Pare has called Moshe in the middle of the Mark of Cheshach, and he's ready to let them go, but this time he's not really ready to let them go. He's going to make another deal with them. And he's going to say, I'll let you go. I will even let you take your children, but don't leave, uh, don't take your animals. Your animals will stay over here. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, that's not a plan. Don't you realize we're going to be bringing karbanis? And not only are we going to need to bring animals, you're going to need to give us animals too, because we're going to bring for Hashem a great amount of karbanis. And really what he's representing over here is saying that the way that Yidin look at the world is it's our responsibility to lift up everything begashmias. It needs to be used for a spiritual purpose, for a mitzvah. And therefore, we can't leave behind our animals. We also need to make those holy. And not only is it enough for us to take our animals, but we need your animals because the purpose of the whole world is to be a holy world. And that's the idea of what's going on. And let's see it in the Psukim. Pasik Chavdalid, Vayikra Parel Moshe, and Pare called to Moshe, Vayyemer, and he said, Lechu, go, Ivdu Hashem, serve Hashem, Rak, Tzainchem, Ubekarchem, just your cattle and your sheep, Yutzag, will remain. Gam tabchem, even your animals, I'm sorry, gam tabchem, even your children, yei will go with you. So he says, you will take your animals, but, I'm sorry, your your animals will, yutzag, will remain behind, but you'll take your children. So I agree with you that you want to do your mitzvahs with your whole family, but you don't need to take your animals, so that should stay back here. But that was a mistake. Because everything that a yid has can be used for a holy purpose. One more time, and this time you repeat it. Just let's focus on that word yutzag, means remain behind, and tapchem means children. Let's put, uh, let's take a look, uh, and one, two, and three. Vayikra paroi, el Moshe, and paroi call to Moshe. Good, vayoymer. You know that? Good, and he said, lechu. Go, Lashon Rabbim, right? The Vav. Ivdua Hashem. Great, serve Hashem. Rak, Tzainchem. Just what? Your cattle. Your sheep. Ubekarchem and your cattle. Yudzag. What did Yudzag mean? Remain behind. Very good. Gam, Tabchem. Yes, also your Kindalach. Yelech Imochem. We'll go with you. So, 
they will go with their kinderlach, with their whole mishpacha, their whole family, bevaneinu, biskeneinu, all of that, but not your animals, says a pari. Vayoyimer Moshe, chafei, vayoyimer Moshe, Moshe said, gam ata, also you, titin biyodeinu, will give in our hands, zivachim, means a shechted carbon, ve'oylois, and a burnt up carbon, so sacrifices and offerings, if you want to use a fancy word, and we will do to Hashem our Hashem. We will do karbanas to Hashem. And it's not just, like we said, not just for the Yidin. It is for the whole world. Just by the way, we're getting closer to Yod Aleph Nisan, so let's keep focused on that, how the Rebbe's vision for what would it take to make this world a good place. It's not only for Yidin. The Rebbe spoke always about Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noyach as well. We learned about that earlier this year, and that gives us an idea of what it means that we're going to have a world ready for Mashiach. It's not only for the Yidin. Of course, we have the primary responsibility and the main job of making this world a Dira However, we have to make sure that the whole world, even the Goyim, are ready. And we're speaking to them about Sheva Mitzvah Spinei Nayach. And they also have an important part of Gam Ata Titin Biyadinu Zvachim Va'elis. Maish Rabbeinu tells Parai. The Rebbe is telling us that the whole world is going to bring Kabbanis to Hashem, so to speak. That the whole world is going to be uplifted to Hashem. So as we get ready for Yod Aleph Nisan, and as we're getting ready for Mashiach, let's keep that thought in mind. And here we go again. Pasuk Hafei. Vayoyimer Moshe. Ready? Vayoyimer Moshe. Moshe said, good. Gamata. You got it. Also you. Titin biyodeinu. Good. We'll put in our hands. You'll give in our hands. Zivachim. Sacrifices, ve'aylais, burnt up karbanis. We'll do to Hashem, our Hashem. Yasher Koyach. Hey, in today's Chazara for Mishnayis, we are going to do Mishnah. Hey, that's why I said hey. We're doing a speedy Chazara, and every day we're focusing on one or two Mishnahs. This is a longer Mishnah, and we did it just as we had begun the continuing to learn at home process. So I would like to go over this mission again and remind you that when we get up to Mishnah Zion in our review, we're going to have a test. So you can keep on going over Parak Dalid, Mishnah Aleph until Zion. Here we go for Mishnah. We're going to talk about how the mitzvah of was done. Not the days, but the details of how they actually did it. And this is the opinion of our Mishnah. Uh, mitzvah Sarava Ketzad how was the mitzvah Yerushalayim. There was a place below the city of Yerushalayim. Remember, Yerushalayim is on a hill, so that's why it says Lamata. They would have to go down from Yerushalayim and the place, Vinikra, and it was called Maitza. Maitza. Yardin Lisham, they would go down to there. Umalachtim Misham, and they would gather from there. Murbiyais Shalarava, large branches of Anarava. Uvayin, and they would come. V'zayk v'naisan, and they would lean them. V'tzideh ha-mezbeach, on the sides of the mezbeach. V'rasheihen kifufim, and their tops were bent. Al-gabey ha-mezbeach, on the top of the mezbeach. They were very, very tall. Arava branches. Taku v'hariyu v'taku. They blew a tekiah, a trua, and a tekiah. That was the sounds that they blew with the shafers and the trumpets. And that's how they would begin the ceremony. Bechol yoimakifin. Every day they would go around hakafa makifin. They would go around as hamizbeach the mizbeach pamachas one time. The and they would say ana Hashem 
Oh no, Hashem, Atzlichana. They would say, Oh no, Hashem, Mashiach, Oh no, Hashem, Atzlichana. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, No, they didn't say that. They said, Ani v'hai Hashiach. They would say different. Ani v'hai Hashiach. V'ai say hayayim, and on that day, which means the last day. It was called Hishayna Rabbah. The Oisei Hayayim again. And on that day, Makif and Esam Hizbeyach, they would surround the Mizbeyach Sheva Pamim seven times. Meshas Petirasam. At the time when they were leaving, Mahain Oimrim, what would they say? Yai Filicha Mizbeyach. They would say, Beauty is to you, Mizbeyach. Yai Filicha Mizbeyach. Beauty to you, Mizbeyach. Sorry, one moment. Let me look back inside. Ah, beautiful. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer says, Lika, Vilacha, Mizbeach, to you, Hashem, and to you, Mizbeach, Lika, Vilacha, Mizbeach, to you, Hashem, and to you, Mizbeach. Have a very good Chazara on this Mishnah. And you can also call it in when you know it really well and get some extra points. There's a beautiful short Rebbe story that I wanted to share with you. So there was a certain Jewish man, a from guy. He lived in uh, Williamsburg or Borough Park, one of those neighborhoods in New York, not far from Crown Heights, uh, at least geographically. But some of the members of those communities were quite far from the Chabad approach, to say it nicely. And this man, we'll call Reb Chusid, Reb Chusid, was a different kind of a chusid, and he wasn't in the same, uh, let's say, frame of mind as his Chabad chasidim, and he didn't consider himself friends with them, and he actually didn't consider himself to be, uh, like I said, he didn't like them, and he didn't like the way Chabad did things. As a matter of fact, sometimes he would openly uh, argue with the teachings of the Rebbe. I mean, not in front of the Rebbe, of course, but with his friends, and they would say things maybe disrespectful towards the way Chabad did things like Mifsayim or other things like that, and they, they weren't so respectful. Well, like I said, this Reb Chusid, he was a nice man, and he had a son we'll call Yankel, and Yankel one day decided that he had enough of living in his community, and he wanted to venture out, and Yankel was a nice guy, he was a smart boy, and now he was a young bacher. And he left his home, and instead of calling himself Yankel, he started to call himself Jack. And the Yankele became Jackele. And Jackele had nice pious at first, but then his pious got a little shorter. He had Gehat, a very long coat, and then his coat got a little shorter. On Azoi, on Azoi, so on and so forth. Like you can imagine, he moved further and further away. Also, not just geographically from his parents' home, but also in the mentality and his mindset. Until he found himself way across America in some small town. I don't know if it was in California or if it was in Florida or in a state where, it, like I said, was not known for its frumness. And that's where Jack settled. Jack, like I said goes by this cool guy name and cool guy game, got himself a leather jacket and wears a cool cap instead of a streimel and a yarmulke. And he starts to assimilate and act in a not-so-Jewish kind of a way. Well, this goes on for a year or so. 
And Reb Chusid, as you can imagine, and his wife were so heartbroken. They tried many times to try to reach out. They would call him and say, Yankele, Kim Sirika, Haim, Kim back to our house. Come on, Yankele, we love you. You're a good Yankele. And Yankele would say, Dad, now you need to call me Jack. Jackele, Kumar, just call me Jack. Oh, vai. They were very, very sad. They tried and tried and tried, but whatever they would say, he wouldn't want to come home. More months passed and still no luck. About a year and a half later, one day, Reb Chusid is sitting in his house and there's a knock on the door. And guess who's standing over there? A young man with a nice newly growing beard and some payas and a yarmulke. Hello, Shulam Aleichem, can I help you? Hi, my name is Yankele. You might remember me. I used to be known as Reb Jack. <gasps> Yankele, the father cries. Mama, everybody come. Yankele is back in the home. Burich Hashem. They give him a big hug and a kiss. And they start to sit down and talk and figure, wow, this is so amazing. But the father doesn't want him to leave, so he decides he's not going to ask him too many questions. What made you change your mind? What made you want to come back? He's just happy to have his son back home. Yankala comes back home and comes back into the community and he starts once again going to shul and davening and learning and living his life like a from Tairagid. After a few months, finally the father has the courage to ask because now he feels like Rabbi Yankala is back on track. Yankala, what was it that made you want to come back when we tried so hard and you wasn't coming back home, but then you came back, what happened? And Yankala said, Tati, I'll tell you the Emmas. When I was far away from the Yiddishkeit, I was having a fun time, not in the Yiddish way. My Yetzir Hura was so strong, and I didn't want to do no mitzvahs. But when I was far away, I met a Lubavitcher a Chabad man, he was a shaliach in the city that I was. And when he saw me, he was so excited. He said, a Yiddish man. And he started to film with me. He started to invite me for Shabbos. And he started to invite me to put a mezizah, mador, all these mitzvahs, which I already knew. But still, it was so fun for this guy. And he became a good friend. And after a while, you know what? We had a fabrangan, and he said to me, Yankala, it's time for you to go back to who you really are, to your Yiddishkeit, to your parents, to your mishpucha, to your community. And you know what? He's my friend till today, Tati. I didn't want to tell you because I know you don't like Chabad so much, but this Chabad Shaliach is the one that helped me come back to Yiddishkeit. Wow. Rabbi Yankala, he came back because of a Shaliach. The father was so happy and... I forgot to say this before. Yankula was the only kid in the family. He was the only child. And he, uh, he was so grateful to have his son back. He made a yechidus with the Rebbe. In those days, he were able to make a yechidus. And he went to go and meet the Rebbe. And to, on the one hand, thank the Rebbe for what he does 
with the shluchim and the yidin and the Rebbe's attitude and to also apologize for how he had spoken, even though he never spoke like that in front of the Rebbe. But even speaking behind the Rebbe in such a way, he felt bad now because he saw firsthand how the Rebbe's way of, of reaching out and doing mifsayim and caring about every yid, how it even helped him. So he comes for his yichidus, and he writes in all of his family names, and he asks for a bracha, and then at the end, he's all emotional, he says, Rebbe, I want to thank you for what you did, for what you did for my only son, my, 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 the one child that I had, I was so sad when he went away, and I was so happy when he came back, Rebbe, do you know what you gave me, mamish, such a simcha, I want to thank you, Rebbe, for bringing my one and only child back to me. And the Rebbe looked at him and the Rebbe said, the way you feel about your one and only child, that's the way I feel about every single Jew. Every single Yid. So powerful. that That's the way the Rebbe looks at every Jew, like an only child. The Baal Shem Tev said, Hashem loves every Jew even more than the way a parent would love their only child. Imagine if they only had one kid that they had waited for for so many years. How much love do the parents have for that child? And even more so, that's how much Hashem loves every Yid. The Rebbe said, that's how I feel every time. When a chassid does mifsayim, brings a Jew back to Yiddishkeit, helps him do a mitzvah, the joy that that chassid felt, Reb Chassid, about his yankala, that's the way the Rebbe says we should feel about every Jew when we do a mitzvah. So that's just a beautiful story to share in honor of Yudalaf Nissen.